Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection and prayer for Easter Sunday. That's Sunday the 4th of April. Today our reader is Hazel Watson, and our hymn is sung by Patricia Hunter, accompanied by George Knight. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Risen in quiet and mysterious darkness, before the chorus of dawn. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Risen with glory and grace in reserve, power and peace in all its fullness. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This morning's reading is taken from the Gospel according to St Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 to 8, Jesus is risen. Now when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, They were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When we think of Easter, most of us will think of brightness, whatever the weather. It helps, of course, if the sun is shining. It helps if the sky is blue. But the brightness comes from something else. It comes from the hope and the unquantifiable essence of what Easter represents to the believer. We think of new birth. We think of flowers coming into bloom. We think of the promise of springtime and the lengthening of days. We think of hope, of laughter, of joy. And so we should. This is the heart of our faith. This is the heart of what we believe and why we believe. I suspect most of us could bear a little more hope and laughter and joy in our lives right now. What is interesting, however, is to note that that is not where Easter started. It must have been quiet, very quiet, in the garden where the tomb of Jesus was. 
so quiet that I imagine it not even to have been broken by birdsong, so quiet that Mary could almost have heard her heart beating. It would have been quiet all the way through the streets of Jerusalem as the three women picked their way from the place where the frightened disciples were hiding after the Sabbath. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, all by their spices. How heavy a heart did they have, knowing that their spices were destined to anoint Jesus, buying together in the early day, street sellers knowing the mixture of spices that they bought were for a few purposes only, silently picking their way through the streets till, at last, they arrived at the place that the tomb was, and in the quiet, each step along the way, tears and grief and a sense of duty out of love. The grief of having lost Jesus, having seen him die on the cross, having accompanied his body to the tomb, having seen the stone rolled over. And then the waiting. The long waiting on the day of rest when nothing could be done except crying. And then, in the chilly hours of dawn, in the quiet hours before sunrise, the women go to the tomb and find the stone rolled away. They wondered on the way who would help them roll away that stone, but it was rolled to one side already. The three go in, and there, nothing, nothing but a messenger all dressed in white, no body, gone. What had happened? What had they done with the dead Jesus? They are informed by this messenger, do not be alarmed, and told what has happened. The improbable is real. He has been raised. He is gone. They can see for themselves that the place is empty. This messenger sits at the right, the place of authority where the disciples all thought to sit, and he comes with authority. He gives them instructions to go to tell the others. Jesus has gone back to Galilee, and there, there they will find him. And then they flee from the tomb. In Mark's account of the resurrection, the ladies flee from the tomb. And we readily can understand that. They drop the spices and they run. Tears and anxiety and shock give way to terror and fear as the enormity surrounds them and they run. No one expects to be given the weight of the world on their shoulders. No one expects the power of God to change the laws of nature. No one expects resurrection. And when it happens, we too should be awestruck, if not also filled with fear and trembling. Even today, when we encounter the resurrection, we also should be open to that awe, that fear and that terror and the wonder of the power of God, a power that unsettles the ordinary and confounds our limited human expectations. Mark's Gospel is, of course, unique in that it has two endings, the shorter ending and the longer ending. Some authorities are doubtful at the longer ending, yet I believe it is helpful as it gives a sense of future. Because the story of what God is doing in and through Jesus doesn't conclude at the empty tomb, it is not over. The messenger indicates that it's 
just getting started. Resurrection isn't a conclusion. It isn't a full stop. It is an invitation. And Jesus' triumph over death, sin and hate isn't what Mark's gospel is all about. Rather, Mark's gospel is all about setting us up to live resurrection lives and continue the story of God's redemption of the world. Mark hints at this in the very first verse of his gospel, which is just as abrupt as his resurrection account. In chapter 1, he doesn't give us the long genealogy of Matthew, or Luke's tender story of shepherds and angels and a mother and a newborn family in a stable, or even the theologically uplifting sonorous discourse of John. Rather, Mark says simply and succinctly, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning. Only the beginning of the good news of what God has done and is still doing for the world through Jesus Christ. In Mark, Jesus binds the disciples together each and every time, gently redirecting them when they step out of line, when they miss the mark, even when they find an empty tomb. He redirects them away from abandonment and gives them a direction. Go, go to Galilee. Don't linger here. The story is far from over and we too have a part to play. With resurrection comes the knowledge that nothing will ever be normal again, which is just as well for us as nothing seems normal right now either. We still live in a world with fear and anxiety, terror and disruption, insecurity and grief, and long for that assurance that it's all okay. Resurrection shows that God is not done yet. God is still at work in the world. Resurrection shows that there is a promise of new life, new life after a pandemic. We too may be fearful of what that change will bring, but today the promise of new life and hope is strong. Those three women chose faith over fear, responding to what God was working in the world, a new beginning. A story filled with hope and promise, light and love, joy and future. Today and every day, we live as resurrection people, living with the promise that God offers hope each day, taking endings and making them into new beginnings. God is alive and Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. So
let us pray. O risen Lord, we give thanks for the hope of Easter morning that resonates in music and word, in laughter and shout, that bubbles up from the deepest places within, breathing new life into each place of death and despair, filling this place with good news, that everything has changed forever, despair has become joy, fear has become courage, questions have become faith. We give thanks for those unexpected moments that bring deep joy to us and to the world. We rejoice when despair can turn to joy and pray that wherever there is fear, that peace and hope might emerge. Risen Lord, while we enjoy the hope that today brings, too many live with fear in our world, where unexpected turns in life or events outside their control bring them to their knees to seek hope and sanctuary. From war or from disaster, from violence or terror, from poverty or pain. We pray that softly your alleluias might creep in and bring hope for the time ahead. On this day of all days, we pray for those who need a new lease of life, a chance to thrive again, those without a place to call home, the jobless and the searching, those who find limbs tired and minds more so, the struggles with family, the hungry and the thirsty and no way of providing, and those who yearn for release. O risen Lord, this is a day when laughter and light returned to the earth and new life was breathed into creation. Let your spirit fill us and your church with hope, joy and faith. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Love wins. Jesus lives and reigns. Sin is defeated, death is conquered, Christ is risen indeed, Alleluia. With joy in our hearts, let us go to love and to serve the Lord. Thank you for joining with me for this time of Easter worship today. And now, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love this day and every day. Amen.